Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. So we have some important news to share with you and we're just going to rip the band-aid off. Sarah and I are getting a divorce. You guys might be totally in shock to hear this, especially after listening to us for the last eight years. So we hope you guys just stick around for the next minute or two to just hear us out and, and let us share with you what we're going through. Chase and I are still friends and we are absolutely committed to co-parenting our daughter, Stella, in the best possible way that we can. And we will still be bringing you weekly episodes. But due to some logistical issues in our own lives, Chase will continue as the primary host while I work on more of the production side with booking guests and working with the show. And I will occasionally stop by to say hi. And we're still committed to learning about relationships, growing and sharing our interviews with our great guests to help you guys improve yourselves 
in your relationships. And as we've always said, we're right along for the ride with you guys learning and we're still committed to that. And we'll continue to gain knowledge from all these interviews to apply to ourselves and our future relationships as Sarah and I continue to grow individually. Chase and I have gone through a lot of ups and downs over the last couple years and as many relationships do. And in the end, we've decided that a divorce would be the next step in our journey. And we are incredibly grateful for our time together and for everything we've learned in this show that we will be able to continue to put into our lives and into our next relationships and then into Chase and I's next relationship as co-parents together. Absolutely. And we're very thankful for you guys for listening to the show. We hope that you continue to tune in to learn more about yourselves and how to improve your relationships. And you guys might be having a lot of questions and we completely understand that. Feel free to send us any messages. We will reply as best as we can. But we also really hope that you guys will respect us in this decision and our family and know that we are doing what we feel is best for Chase and I individually and for Stella as her parents. Yeah, and we never... If you've been listening to the show for a while, we don't really share too much of the details of our own relationship. And we debated a lot on how to share this. What what should we say? Should we go into detail? Should we have our therapist on to do a show with her? Because we were in therapy for a few years and we love our therapist. I still see her individually. I think Sarah's still seeing her as well. And we decided that we would not do that because it's private. And I know, you know, listening to a relationship podcast, you're probably like, what the heck, you know, you want to know more what happened. And, and uh, yeah, that's why we're not sharing is it we never shared really private stuff. And so why would we do that now? But just know that we tried and, and we, we went to therapy. We learned a lot about ourselves, each other, and, made this decision with our eyes and hearts wide open and um, yeah, and we'll continue to, to grow and, and move forward and continue to learn. It's not, the, the journey doesn't stop here. We continue to learn about ourselves and wanting to improve ourselves in our future relationships. And on that note, if Chase ever does share anything about our relationship or the divorce or anything like that on the show, I just want you guys to know that Chase and I have talked about that and that I'm comfortable in that. And we're both comfortable with sharing the stuff that we do. So yeah, I just want you guys to know that Chase and I highly respect each other and we both want the best for each other. And yeah, we, we hope to transition this show as best as we can and to continue to keep best guests on to share the relationship advice uh, for you guys. Yeah, and Sarah will be involved in every show, listening to the whole show, like I said, booking guests, offering insights and recommendations. Yeah, so she's involved. There's nothing going behind her back. Or like she said, if I say something, Sarah is still very much... Mm -hmm. I'm here listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah giving, giving the final approval and all that. So we love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in as always. And in today's show, we talk about divorce. And and again, we, we're not going to go into too many details about our own situation, but um, just know, like Sarah said, feel free to reach out. And um, we appreciate you guys tuning in and continuing to listen to the show. And on today's show, we welcome Lissy Abrahams and we talk about separation and divorce. And Lissy is super qualified to talk about this. She has a master's in couple psychoanalytic psychotherapy, postgraduate in attachment psychoanalysis and couple relationships, bachelor of science in psychology, and a diploma of teaching. And Lissy lives in Sydney, Australia, where she has a practice 
and she's super passionate about helping couples and especially couples going through separation or divorce. And today we talk about the things to think about if you're thinking about separation and divorce, how to make that decision. We also talk about once you've made that decision, how to communicate in the best way possible, how to navigate all the logistics of separation and divorce, and if you have kids, how to co-parent in the best way possible. So Lissy gave us a lot of great information today, and as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to the show, and enjoy today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about separation and divorce. And in the pre-show, you mentioned it's one of the things that you're passionate about in helping couples navigate it in the best way possible because you've seen when it's not done well, and that can be pretty nasty and just not good for anyone involved, and certainly if there's kids as well. So today we're going to talk about that and how to do it the best way possible. And there's a lot to think about and a lot that goes on when separation divorce happens. So why don't we start by having you tell us why you are passionate about helping people through this process and some of the big things to look out for. And we'll talk about how to navigate them. All right. Fantastic. One of the the things with separation and divorce is that our lives with our partner have often been so woven together and depending on how many years as well, every, there are so many aspects that need dismantling when we go through a separation. And we don't know how much of our lives are interwoven until we get to these points. And it's things we don't even expect. So we're going to need to make thousands and thousands of decisions all the time about how to navigate this, how to separate, how to go into two households and um, how to separate out in, in terms of family and find our feet again in terms of all of that. So what we, what I say can really help people is to have an anchor of integrity. And what I mean by an anchor of integrity is it's a guiding kind of principle that says, I'm going to operate treating my ex-partner with respect in every single matter that I choose and myself as well. And so what that means is, it means if I'm going through a legal process, I'm not going to tear into them and treat them appallingly, even if they treat me badly. If you're going through talking to the children about what's happened, I'm not going to tear them down. I'm not going to make myself the victim of their other parent. Uh, It also means how I communicate with my ex-partner. So I'm going to make decisions based on treating this person with respect because it hurts me not to. So every time I have a go at my ex or I yell at them, I I write nasty messages, I say I'm going to get you or you're going to lose the kids, it actually hurts me as an individual, to to treat them like that. So it's not just about me, but it's also about them. Um, But it's about having an anchor of integrity that guides every single decision you make. And when we use that that anchor, we actually can find a much cleaner path through the separation than we would otherwise. It also goes to financials. You know, we have to understand that we need to go through a process that's fair and reasonable. If we're not treating our partner in a way that says they need to have kind of a fair and reasonable financial settlement as well, we will think that we're entitled to everything. So we have to be very careful. And for me, one of the biggest things I do with my clients is teach them about this anchor of integrity. And that's what all the decisions are based on from there. That's huge and super important. And as you're talking, I'm realizing we're going to have people tuning in who are maybe in the middle of a divorce, they're thinking about divorce, they're finishing their divorce or separation. But I want to have you share with our listeners that may be thinking about divorce. Maybe they're going to therapy, they're trying to to make it work. What do you tell your clients or, or someone that's listening to think about as far as making that decision, do I stay or is it time to say this is just not going to work? Like that decision to go for the separation. 
Yeah, that's a great, great question because there's so much in that huge decision about whether to end a a significant relationship. And even if you've got a family, it makes it even more significant in that sense. There's so much more at stake. There's a lot to consider. And typically, I'm not saying for always, but typically women will consider this for a lot longer than men. I've been speaking with a couple of lawyers in Australia about this. And what they seem to find is that Women will plan it for several years. They'll make sure that they're financially okay enough. They'll um, try and get help a lot more often with therapists. Um, And men often make a split decision and they haven't actually thought through all of the aspects. So there is a difference there. Uh, But what I would say to anybody in that situation who's thinking of separating, I would really question these questions. Here are the questions. What have I brought into this relationship that's actually about my history, that's playing out unconsciously or consciously with my partner. So if you've had a trauma history, if you've had experiences of fear or a lot of shame, a lot of those earlier experiences can find themselves in the couple relationship and couples don't know what to do with this. So they can fight a lot. They can have... um, they can have a lot of differences and not know what to do with those differences. So I would really make it an individual journey before making a decision about leaving. Do I understand myself enough and what I've brought into this relationship and what I might be playing out with my partner, not in a fun way, but what I might be playing out unconsciously with them. So that's one of the biggest things that I'd be asking. The next thing I'd want to have them have people think about is, do you understand your ego? Now, as humans, we are wired to have the language centers in our uh, left hemisphere of our brain make wonderful stories about ourselves and our partner. Now, our ego is centered around me, my, I. It's a very self-referential part of ourselves. And what we do is we create stories about ourselves where we're either better than our partner or we're our partner's victim. So we can make ourselves better that we can can create stories that um, they're not good enough for us that they're not good in relationships, that they're not good looking enough. We can make these fantastical stories about our partner that make us feel superior to them or we can feel that they're not good for us in the sense that they can make us feel like we're um, not good enough, we're unworthy, that we're their victim in some way and we can become quite complainy or we can start whining. If you're doing this in your couple relationship. I think you've got a perfect opportunity instead of buying into that version that you're superior or inferior to actually go and get some work and work out, what am I doing with my ego? What is it that I'm doing and why am I telling these stories? Because it's not from nowhere that we tell these stories. They're very much wired up inside of us and we all do them to a certain degree. But they can ruin, the ego can ruin relationships. We're often putting stuff on our partner that isn't actually true. It's just our version of what's true. We believe our stories. That's where they're really dangerous. I've seen many relationships destroyed because of this. But when we understand our ego, we can understand that we're actually harming our relationship by not understanding this really fundamental way that we operate. So they're probably the main things I do. If I'm not talking about domestic violence or anything like that, but I think we all have we all bring stuff to a relationship, and if we can really work that out, what it is we're putting in it, and what we blame our partner for for not being good enough, or whether we're griping or resentful, these are coming from our ego. So if we can understand that, we can understand why we behave in the way we do. They're the biggest things I would check out first. And the other thing I'd do is I would make sure that there's an opportunity for growth for ourselves and our partner. So whether you're doing courses online, podcasts, reading books that can help with your relationship or going to therapy, I would make it a developmental process because there is so much that we can learn in the context of being in a relationship that we can't when we're out. When we're in a relationship, we have to kind of look at ourselves and say, how are we behaving? So the relationship becomes a vehicle for development if we can use it like that. If not, then we will often make decisions to end it because it's too unpleasant, too unbearable, or it doesn't feel safe enough. So if I would, I would make those the top three, really. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 
per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Thank you so much for that, Lissy. And to jump back into where we were at, as far as when we're going through the separation, that respect is a super important foundation to to take forward as the process begins and certainly throughout the process. And you mentioned, you know, threatening language and or how you communicate with your ex and doing it from a place of respect, what would you tell someone who is dealing with an ex who is threatening? Hey, if you do this or this, I'm going to take the kids or I'm going to take the house or this or that. How can you talk to them to kind of bring the situation down or so that that doesn't continue? Yeah, that's a, that's a, well, it's really difficult to control somebody else and where they go. So first of all, you'd have to take action and make sure things are, uh, in your life are secured, such as telling the police if you need to or speaking to your lawyer. But in terms of communicating with our ex, we have to be really careful not to trigger them into fight or flight because what happens in, we've got these two parts of our brain in the left and right hemisphere called the amygdala. And when we become frightened, we go into fight or flight. And what happens with that is our um, heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases, and then our we're going to release hormones um, such as adrenaline and cortisol that are going to be surging through our body like we're a wild animal going into fight or flight, running for our lives. So that often plays out with ex-partners during a separation, that if they get triggered, they're going to go off. Now, we all have a kind of flavor. Are we fighters or are we fleers? Some of us completely flee and they escape and avoid situations, whereas others will fight. They'll arc up and they'll make their bodies big and angry. They'll use their voice to scream. So there's, there's different things we can do. We can actually 
treat them with respect, which means we've got more chance of not triggering their um, fight or flight response. But we also have to manage our own because it, it, there is a threat in separation of divorce. We don't want to not see our children. We don't want to cut all our money in half. We don't want to have to be alone. You know, there's so many things that are threatening to us by nature of a separation. So it's really important when we're communicating that anchor of integrity and having respect with how we talk and communicate, that's our best shot at not triggering their anxiety. But if we're not making threats and we're coming from a place that says, we're going to work this out, we've got things we need to work through. So let's try and keep our um, communication respectful. We can't help if they join us in that, but we can certainly do our part in putting that out there. Just because we don't like our part, our ex-partner, just because we don't respect them anymore, doesn't mean we have to show that in all of our um, interactions. And like I said at the beginning, we've got so many decisions we need to make. When we're in flight or fight mode and we're, we're using our um, amygdala to sort of pump us and get us ready for survival mode, we're not able to make decisions in that space. So that comes from a different brain, part of the brain called the frontal lobes, and that's where we make decisions. We um, option generation. You know, there's so much thinking that has, has to happen, but when we're running for our lives, we're not making those decisions. The decisions are really just reactions. Do we run uh, or do we fight? And so when we're with our partner, we have to make the decision, keep ourselves as calm as possible so that we can keep our head on and make important decisions. So being calm is certainly important in any relationship, but especially a relationship that is ending and you're trying to communicate with a former partner. And that kind of leads me to the next topic of dispute resolution, because yeah, that's everything you're trying to do. You're trying to detangle your lives. And so you're talking about Kids, finances, house, cars, pets, <laughs> splitting these yes. things up and being able to talk about that from a calm place is, is going to be super important. So what do you tell your clients who are navigating these things, the best ways and tools to have these conversations? And a lot of times I say dispute because... Yeah, a lot of times it's not going to be like, oh, you take the dog. Oh, yeah, sure. Ciao. It's like that. I don't know if you the opening mm -hmm. scene of Wedding Crashers where it's these two lawyer, divorce lawyers. And at first they're they're yelling at each other and then they say a few things and it's a comedy. But then suddenly the husband's giving the wife everything and it's just like, you want this check? Oh, yeah. And it probably rarely goes like that. So how do we have conversations about these disputes that are most productive? Yeah, that's a, it's a great one because what's really at stake, and especially if you've got children, there it's a game changer if you have kids. If you don't, you can separate out more or less and get on with your lives. But we ask a lot of humans, we are asking ourselves to untangle what was originally set up something for life. We set this up for life and then we untangle it all and then we have to stay together throughout each other's lives for many decades in, in some shape or form. And then if we've got children, we have to, if we can keep them centre stage to make the decisions based on what are in their best interests. Because what we do know, research has shown that 75% of children are fine after three years of the set from the beginning of the separation through that. But the thing that makes them fine and resilient and come out just as well as kids who have whose parents haven't separated, it's actually the co-parenting relationship. So however your whatever your decisions you need to make, especially if you've got children, if you can make them from a place that says we want our children to be well, if we don't do this well enough and form a good enough one, a relationship where we can communicate, we can make decisions for our kids just like we did under one roof, if we can, if we can do this thing, our children won't suffer with anxiety and depression and feel overwhelmed or have to look after us. So the best thing we can do is we can, for in terms of working things out, is we can look after our self-care. Our children do not want to find us drunk on the sofa after our separation. They don't want to have to clear up the alcohol. They don't want to go to school feeling sick. They don't want to have to see our, hear our howling in the night. They don't want to hear this. They need to know that we've got our eyes on them. So one of the things that's a really good mechanism for keeping our heads on is actually by looking after our children. So our, if we've got mental health difficulties, we have to go and deal with that. 
And it's not to have a go at people. We're asking, we're asking ourselves to make important decisions and look after our children when we've got the, often the least ability to do that because we might be struggling so much. But we can't ask our children to look after us. So the best is self-care. If we can look after ourselves, we can make really good decisions from that place, making sure that our children are parented, not that they have to parent us. So that is a really important way of kind of anchoring parents as well, that they've got these really precious people who you don't want to gamble with their well-being because that's going to go with them through life. So that's one of the biggest ones. And we need, we need our heads on for also how we're going to tell our children. So if we've got this co-parenting relationship, we've got, we've, they've, got a, they've got layers of security under them. And by helping parents understand that, then they can, then they can make different decisions and use that as an anchor. It's obviously great when both people in the relationship are on the same page when it comes to making these decisions and agreeing on the way to proceed with co-parenting. But what happens when the opinions are slightly different and maybe one parent is, like you said, not taking as good care of themselves? How does that other parent step in to help the other person and then also make the best decision for the child? It's a, it's a great question because we can't change someone else. We can try to help them, but we'd have to do it carefully. Remember I was talking before about fight or flight, that we don't want to say, listen, I'm really, if we say we, I'm concerned with how much you might be drinking at this point, um, or I'm worried you're not taking care of yourself, we have to be careful how we put that across because we don't want to trigger them. We don't want them to go into fight or flight in that and then cause a greater wedge. We, ha- we have to know that we all have an individual journey to refind ourselves after a separation. And some parents may go in a, into a bit of a dip. Uh, it's about maybe speaking to their parent and getting them to support them a bit more or in people in their vicinity who might be able to kind of keep an eye on them and make sure that they're a little bit more uh, supported during this process. But we c- there's a limit to how much control we can have or our influence on somebody post-separation. So I guess we can appeal to the kids' well-being and what they're needing. But I think, Sarah, to answer your question, we have to, probably I'd be looking to call their external supports at this point. If It depends how serious it is uh, if we can't communicate with them directly about that. What are some things that individuals can think about moving forward in a co-parenting relationship? How do you help clients who are like Sarah and I, it's new to us. It's like, how do we become good co-parents? Like, where do we start? So that's, that's a great question. And I think that if I can just put this to any parents who are separating and newly separated or thinking of it, I guess the thing is, if you can just put your child or children at the centre and ask, the, the, the foundation is, do we want this child to be well in every single way? And of course you do. I mean, most of us love our children so much. So it's if that's the core, uh, the, the base of what you're looking for is to how to raise your child healthily, loving both parents, having a meaningful relationship with both of you, then everything will emanate from that. So in, in, in Australian law, I'm not sure how it is over there. Our first thing, is our, we've got two main considerations of the family law and the courts is basically that both parents have a meaningful relationship with their children. The only reason this won't happen is if the children aren't safe. So if you can take safety away and you know that your children are safe with either parent, doesn't mean you parent the same way, doesn't mean you have the same bedtimes, even though you'd love that, doesn't mean you feed them exactly the same food. But if you have two households where that child is loved and looked after and not falling through the cracks and you're working on discussing things across the, like bridging the two homes, your child is going to have a chance to thrive in that environment. They can make the change. You just have to be able to make sure that they're not getting dropped all the time. So working on this foundation that you want your child to be well or children to be well, and you have discussions about what's happening in their lives and what do we need to think about. So it's just making sure that you've got, you don't have gaps for the kids. They don't have to take school bags you know, a, a bag to school every day about whose house and whose house they're living with. You move things for them, so you're just you're making sure that you two can keep your le- your communication open from now through all the years. It's really about keeping that communication respectful and open as well. 
Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab-and-go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code IDO at checkout. That's IDO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. And then how about details? Like there's, there's so many things about, you know, Stella is just turned six. So, you know, right now Sarah and I are talking about school and making sure we're on the same page with what she's supposed to be reading at home um, and communicating around that. But there's just, yeah, her diet in a sense, like, (laughs) you know, not, not that we talk about her diet, like from a structured, super strict way, but mm-hmm. like making sure that we're on the same page. Well, I, and I guess the question for many parents is, were you on the same page living in the same house? Often not. Right. But one person would be the caretaker of that as much as possible, but now you haven't got that. I guess if you if you just keep going back 
practice something. And we can have very strong views about diet or sleep times or how much homework focus we need or reading focus we need versus hanging out and playing a game together. It's a lot that, but I would, I would go big, big picture. If we go into the minutiae, we can get lost and very distressed. If you have this kind of feeling that in that household, the other parent cares about my child, cares that the child is kind of well enough, then I think you're doing pretty well. But you don't have any control about what happens over there. It gets really difficult when you're talking about the binary, things in the binary, like what school to go to. It's either this one or this one. You can't go to both. For those things, it's kind of like, where do we, let's go and do more research. Let's go back to the school and check it out. Um, but you, you are going to have difference. It might be about what you can afford as well. In Australia, we have a, a, a private school system, which is very costly. And a lot of parents still sign up to that. So it's kind of like, well, can we afford this? How are we going to make those decisions as well? So what I want to say is ultimately, your child will be fine if you two are fine. And all of those decisions, they're, they're, they're the tweaking. What kind of school do we want our child to go to? Neither of you want your child to go to a terrible school. So just have faith that you both care about these things. And as long as you're not doing any revenge choices, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, um, that you're not doing anything just to spite the other parent and it's all coming from that base of what's best for our daughter, then you're going to, you're going to have differences. But to remember the big picture is your child will be fine if you both are well, if you're, both fe- if you're feeling that you can protect her, if she feels safe with you, that you don't have mental health issues at this time or that, um, they don't, that she doesn't have to look after you. They're the main things. And how about talking with the children? Obviously, there's the initial conversation and it depends on the child's age. But you know, we told Stella and she's just six and she's perfectly fine. She had a couple questions, but not really. But now I'm kind of wondering, like, do we need to have another conversation with her to check in with her uh, how she's feeling? Because she seems like (laughs) nothing has happened. (laughs) Adapting very fast. I hear you. A lot of kids are really okay. The reason they're okay for now, they may change later and they might get upset about things down the track. But at the moment, she's feeling safe enough to go through the journey with you both and you've explained something to her enough for now. This doesn't mean that you'll never have to have another conversation with her. And I quite like it when parents just every now and then, like just if it's new, just keep tapping in saying, how are you feeling about it all? Must be a bit strange for you at the moment to try and just get into their shoes and um, question it. If they say, look, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. I'm good. And they seem okay. That's okay. As long as they get the sense that you're with them on the journey. So you don't want to hit them over the head when they come home. How are you doing? Are you okay? Are you really okay? But you want to just check in and say, what's it like going to school with this information about what's happening with the family? Is it a bit strange for you? Do you talk about it with your friends? But just every now and then, I wouldn't do it all the time. If she's fine, she's fine. But she'll have some areas that really annoy her later probably. Um, But you don't know when that'll be. It's also difficult to know. Sometimes kids can carry some private shame around the separation. So if you if you can see she's too hesitant to talk about it, you don't want to make her talk, but you can put things in there saying, is it difficult that your parents are separated and maybe your best friends aren't? Does that make you feel funny? And you might, it doesn't matter if she doesn't answer, it's that you've got it in your mind and she knows that you've got that. So it's it's a really important one, that one. The other is the other thing for, is to really help your child understand and children for others that relationships are good. Just because this one's ended, uh, it doesn't mean that they can't look forward to relationships in the future. We don't want to destroy their idea of relationships and um, have regrets or tell them we have regrets because they need to understand that they were made in love with this union, we chose this, we wanted them. And even though this relationship's gone in this particular direction, we don't regret any of it because we don't want to shame the, the, the core of them. You know, for a lot of children, we are biologically 50% of our parent, each parent's DNA. So if we're saying, yeah, I regret your father, he, he was a horrible partner, that, that shames them. 
And so we want to make sure that we still support the choice of their other parent and we wouldn't change it for anything is really important for them. Yeah, I suppose that's my own perfectionist attitude <laughs> like you know or, or yeah just being like hey are you okay so and and I haven't done that but it's like yeah kids are resilient and she's like just fine and obviously yeah you want the best for your kid and and so you know I guess it's natural to be a bit worried obviously but she has been very resilient in it was valuable what you mentioned of, of yeah, just asking the questions of checking in, saying, hey, how are you feeling this and that? And she'd be like, she might be like, yeah, all good, you know, and, <laughs> and that's what I think her response would be. And, and again, she's just six, but. And I actually have had these conversations with her and yeah, yeah I mean, her, her response has just been like little couple questions here and there, like asking, you know, why we don't live in the same house anymore. But in terms of her feeling emotional about it, she's just like, okay. Like she just kind of moves on quickly from it. So yeah, I guess for now we're okay. <laughs> and wait till the teenage years. You'd know yeah. she's not okay, yeah. unless she's a little bit of a perfectionist as well. And then she might be kind of hiding some of those things. But if you don't, have a sense she's hiding things and that she actually is okay that, that's great I mean she's she can she knows she can talk to you doesn't she I mean she's mm -hmm. she's able if she wants she knows you're there and what you're doing by having the conversations is you're letting her know I'm not afraid to talk to you about this this is not something that we need to um put in a vault and never discuss again and we don't just have to um you know pretend it never happened if it, it happened, you can talk about each other, you can you can support each other. If she has this sense that, and any child in this situation, if they have the sense that their parents think that their other the child's other parent is still a good person, whatever for whatever reason, even if you blow it up with an affair, but you don't make that the whole character. So, you know, life is complex, but you can still hold on to their parent as someone who is a good enough person. That's good for the kid. You know, instead of ripping down the other parent, when they know that their parents can unite in their minds about each other, do you know what I mean by that? That they can say, yes, we were a couple, it didn't work out, but your dad's still a great guy or your mum's still an amazing this and that. And you can slip it into conversation. They feel safe with that. It means that their parents can hold something that holds them still together. They're still linked in a particular way. And it's quite loving still. It's not having a go at them all the time, but it's loving to say, I think your mum's awesome at this and this and this. And they can engage with that. They don't have to kind of cut their parents in half just because they've gone to the other parent's house. Yeah, that's super valuable, Lissy. And you've given us and our listeners a lot of great information today. Is there anything that we skipped over or that you want to emphasize before we wrap up? Oh, so much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know. If we can just go back to kids for a moment. I think if we can just really understand, like, okay, so for us going through a separation, it's a big deal. For kids going through a separation, it's a huge deal as well. They can have so much anxiety and because they've got major changes going on. So they've got changes that might be in their financial situation, how their parents take care of them. They can have changes in their parent-child relationships. Their routine can change and their home or school might change. We have, to, we have to do this superhuman feat, I feel, when we separate. We have to understand how much our kids are going through and attend to that. Plus, we have to get re really used to the idea that this person that we were so attached to is no longer in our lives in the way they were. Now, that doesn't mean they're not in our lives, but no longer in the way they were. And so we are going to be dealing with often with depression, potentially, a grief process, definitely, grief, anxiety, where there's so many worries at this time, things that are uncertain. And when there's uncertainty, there will be anxiety often. Um, we might be dealing with a lot of shame about how the relationship ended up. We make all these promises to each other, and, you know, if we've had a commitment ceremony of some sort and it's all really lovely, but the reverse of that is often very shameful and we can feel quite distressed. So we've got kids who are going through a lot. We're also going through a lot and we're dealing with so many feelings as our kids that we just really need to be as well supported as possible and to give yourself the gift 
of getting really well supported. You won't need it forever, but you do need to get back on your feet. So like I said at the beginning, to really understand your ego and what you do when you're frightened, your fight or flight responses, how you deal with um, these emotions of grief and anxiety, go and grab some support. If you've got a wise person in your community, really talk to them. If you if you don't, go to a therapist, uh, do listen and read be careful who you talk to. If you're talking to friends who love drama, crises, love telling you why your ex is an absolute creep and joins you in stories, that's not helpful. So be careful who you talk to and get really well supported. It is it is a, one of the most massive things you're going to go through in life and it is um, painful and lonely. So really look after yourself in that along the way. I'd say they're the main things. Well, Lissy, thank you so much for that and for all of the great information you gave us and our listeners today. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye? Yes, for sure. Uh, you can find me online at lissyabrahams.com and I've got some resources online as well. And I just want to say, Chase and Sarah, thank you so much for having me today. It's been such a pleasure from my end. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners about this area that is so important to do as well as possible. So thank you. And all of the links, uh, as we already mentioned, are on the website, idopodcast.com. And yeah, thank you so much, Lissy. Thanks very much. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark my relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com